probably know someone who used to claim to be a Christian, but now they say they either don't believe in God or they just won't discuss anything about Christianity or spiritual matters. Something happened for them to arrive at that spot. There are common reasons why people reject God or say that they don't believe in God. It's actually a popular position today, but it's also very hazardous. We can't change our minds about this after the final breath. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. It's hard to watch friends and loved ones drifting away from God and from the foundational principles of His Word. It's even more painful when those loved ones are close relatives, such as a spouse or a sibling or adult children. If you're watching this happen to someone you love, you've probably also realized by now that you can't make them turn around. That's God's area. If we try to force change in someone else's life, we may find ourselves being rejected as well. This shouldn't make us huffy or angry. It should increase our compassion and resolve to pray without ceasing. If you've been listening to Keep the Heart regularly, you already know that we cover the issues of life in this podcast, and this is a big issue. The reasons people reject God are so many that if I did an episode with three points every week for a year, we wouldn't come close to covering them all. We'll consider just three common areas with a goal of inspiring listeners to consider a more careful and thoughtful approach to those who are trapped in unbelief. And it is indeed a trap. The first common reason why people don't believe in God or they reject God is this. They don't know him. In Romans 10.14, the Apostle Paul asked a series of questions in regards to sharing the gospel with unbelievers at that time. Here's what he asked. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The same questions could be asked today. How can an unbeliever call on someone that they don't believe in? And how will they believe if they've not heard the gospel? And who will tell them? If you grew up in a Christian home, this may be hard for you to comprehend, but there are increasing numbers of people who have only heard about God from mockers and scorners. They have never been introduced to Christ or His Word, which creates a huge gap in their lives. For others, they've heard the wrong information. They've been told that there is no God. People who are taught that there is no God by people who they love and trust, they have this as a part of their belief system. And until someone shares the gospel, this faulty belief system stays firmly in place. Some people have blamed this on the educational system, but in reality, there were mockers and scorners firmly in place before the Bible was removed from public schools. All children have a home education of sorts. And for some, that education included the lie that there is no God. Understand that some people have been lied to all their lives. And to add to the confusion, they've also been told that the people who are telling the truth are the liars. The only solution to a lie is the truth. 
Stay ready to share the gospel, but remember that you will need to use godly wisdom, not man-made debate skills. We're not trying to win a word contest. We're trying to win a soul. A second common reason that people either reject God or they just don't believe in him is because of their circumstances. Extreme suffering has a way of making people feel abandoned by God, even though that is not the case. This kind of unbelief is becoming more common as our world experiences the realities of these perilous times. Many people have been through enough pain to agree with the words of Job 10.1, where it says, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. When a person has a bitter soul from catastrophic loss, it actually becomes easier for them to blame God even if they claim not to believe in him. Many people have been through things that have caused them to ask, if there's a God, why would he allow suffering? Honestly, even Christians have wrestled with this question and have to cry out in prayer for help with their own unbelief. If you've never doubted God in any way, you are rare. Most of us have had hard things bring us to the why would God intersection in our faith. The thing that keeps us from abandoning our faith is the grace of God coupled with the knowledge of his word. The more Bible we know, the greater our understanding of this fallen world and God's eternal view of it. We need to be very careful not to become lecturers when we're having a conversation with someone who has decided that it's easier to reject God than to accept that he allows suffering. Truthfully, even if you feel that you're very good at explaining this, it doesn't mean that your explanation will be accepted or even understood. Here's a for instance. If a tsunami hit a country and wiped out a large percentage of the population, an unbeliever would not be relieved to hear you say, don't worry, God is still in control. That doesn't even sound reasonable to their ears, let alone sane. Learn to hear yourself through the ears of the unbeliever and ask the Lord to help you to speak his wisdom. Frankly, we need to be careful with overused phrases anyway. They often sound illogical and irrational. When we're talking with someone who has yet to believe in God, we do not want to sound disconnected from reality. It would be wise for us to train ourselves to remove platitudes from our vocabularies. Do you know what a platitude is? It's defined as a remark or statement that is especially moral in content, but it's been used too often to be considered thoughtful. Platitudes are worn-out phrases that have been repeated too much, and they often offend the hearer even unintentionally. For example, when my husband Norman passed away, I received dozens of messages that ended with this sentence, Heaven is getting sweeter all the time. That's an example of a platitude. I know it's a phrase in a song, but it's also a platitude because it's been uttered too many times and often without really thinking. Instead of trying to come up with something that sounds noble to say, weep with a person who is weeping. Ask for a way to help them through their pain, and then pray for an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them at an appropriate time. Don't feel obligated to rush in with words where deeds would serve better. Instead of thinking of something to say, think of something to do. 
And finally, a third common reason why people reject God is because of other people. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is truly walking with God, and some are not even born again at all. Listen to this passage from Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 17. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. There are people who have been so badly hurt by people who claim to be Christians that it really damaged their view of God. We have to remember that betrayal goes far beyond impacting just one person. It can have long-term effects that impact families for years to come. Haven't you ever wondered how someone became so antagonistic towards anything to do with Christianity? Scratch beneath the surface and you'll find a painful situation somewhere. Too many people have been harmed by carnal or counterfeit Christians. Carnal Christians are living by whatever their flesh dictates, while counterfeiters don't really belong to Christ at all. Pretending to be holy is easy. Being holy is hard work. Unfortunately, a lot of damage has been done by unholy people. The wounds inflicted by someone else's misconduct have caused too many people to push away from God, even though the blame should be placed on the offender. Once again, our society, apart from God, has the why would God allow this mentality, which ultimately leads a person away from God. In some cases, bitterness also clouds the thinking. In other cases, the person wasn't deeply rooted enough in Christ to withstand the heat of affliction. Either way, rejecting God because of something someone else did is common, but misguided. What a robbery to go through pain and end up without God as well. What should we do if we have someone in our life who's rejecting God because of a horrible experience in their past? Patiently pray and be willing to listen without attempting to fix anything. Healing is God's territory. This is a process that God takes people through. We can lovingly pray while providing an example of the meekness and lowliness of Christ in our own lives. Instead of attempting to defend those who have done wrong, which is a huge mistake, by the way, be honest enough to admit that we're seeing the reality of perilous times coming to life before our eyes. As it says in 2 Timothy 3, 2, Men shall be lovers of their own selves. People who are only thinking of themselves don't care how badly they hurt other people. This is not an excuse. It's an explanation of where we are in the timeline in this life. We are living in perilous times, as described in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and people do get hurt. If you've suffered this kind of injustice and have come through it by the grace of God, you are now a resource for others who are hurting and disillusioned with Christianity. Patiently be a praying friend who speaks the truth when asked, but don't pressure someone to move on and just get over it. You know that didn't help you, and it doesn't help others. When a person is healing, only God knows how long it will take. In the meantime, we don't want to do anything to slow the process. Discounting someone else's bad experience does not help a person heal. This is a good time to apply the principle from Proverbs 
In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. I know you've heard me quote this verse often, but it's because we need reminders to use fewer words when we're talking with a person who has issues with God because of the wrongdoing of others. In due season, God may use you as part of his healing process, helping another soul to find their way to God for the first time or back to God if they've run away. As I said at the beginning, there are common reasons why people reject God or say that they don't believe in God. Since people can't change their minds after the final breath, we need to patiently and lovingly do all that God allows to help them find their way through the maze of lies and misrepresentations. This culture has never been better at selling the lie that there is no God, but it's because they're dealing with unresolved pain and conflicts of their own. Let criticism of unbelievers decrease, and let the compassion of Christ increase. Matthew 9.36 reminds us of how Jesus saw people. But when he looked on the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus looked on the multitudes with compassion. Let's copy him. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.